Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Best Games of the Decade. We're now into 2014, and if you thought 2013 was going to be a head-scratcher, oh my god, 2014. Uh, yeah, that one looks like this uh, This is going to be fun for us to go through. Uh, so, just in case you, for some reason, once again, you like 2014 better than any of the other years that we've already done. Uh, we'll explain the process in just a second of how we uh, got to what we're doing here uh, today. So I'm your host of Video Games to the Max, uh, Sean Garman, here with me, my usual co-host, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And here with us that they've been on the rest of the journey, uh, Jens Dietrich. Salutations. And Randy Isbell. This one's going to make my head hurt. Yep, I can already feel the pain coming (laughs) that we're going to have to go through here. So the way we did this was uh, we have all four of us, along with two other staffers that have yet to make an appearance on the actual podcast, uh, did a vote, and we took those from number one being 10 points to number 10 being one point. We put that all together and we made a top 15 for each year. Uh, as you can go back and listen to, we've already done, uh, you know, podcasts for 2010 through 2013. So you'll figure out what we did there. But we take this top 15 and some games that just missed out because sometimes there are ties or, or whatnot. And we then make a top 10 for that year, which eventually will help us understand and, and get a better idea of what games were important for that year when we go and make our top 100 of the entire decade. So, and yes, we know that everybody else is pretty much doing it, but hey, why not partake in the fun ourselves as well? So, yeah, let's get started and look at this number of games that we got to try to figure out and put into a top 10. So, Number one right now, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which was many people's game of the year for that year, 2014. Far Cry 4 as a number two. Tied with it is Dark Souls 2 and Mario Kart 8. Then you get South Park Sick of Truth at 5. Wolf Among Us at 6. Shovel Knight 7. Bayonetta 2 at 8. Wolfenstein The New Order is at 9. Super Mario Bros. Wii U at 10. This is the new Super Mario Bros., right? And no, then, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different one. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I love those naming conventions. Uh, whatever. Uh, Sunset Overdrive is at 11. Alien Isolation is also tied with it at 11. Divinity Original Sin at 13. Dragon Age Inquisition at 14. Destiny. The first Destiny at 15th. And Just Missing Out, Infamous Second Son, Bravely Default, and Dragon Guard 3 are tied for 17th. And I... I think everybody just forgot that there was a Smash Bros. on Wii U, that it was pretty good, and I figured we should probably at least mention it, um, because a lot of the big characters that we 
were so hyped to be an ultimate showed up in that game. So, yeah, you know, nobody thought about Ryu or Cloud or Bayonetta being in Smash, and they showed up in Wii U, the Wii U one. So, you know. It made my list. I'm happy with it. So, here we go. Number one for me, Sunset Overdrive needs to be in the top ten. So one argument that I might make against it is I don't to me the combat didn't quite click. I mean, I, oh, the combat there, was there, fun. So there there are times when it did click, but I, the the whole having to basically stay mobile all the time and grinding rails while in a, um, a shooting scenario. Uh, there are times maybe it's just that my brain is not quite wired for it, but there are definitely times when it uh, uh, was frustrating. But uh, you know, you know, uh, I, I also was not a huge fan of the writing. Like I thought the um, the jokes were actively not good, a lot of them. Uh, it was but supposed to be corny. I feel like it is extremely corny, bordering on cringy at times to me. Uh, what I did really love was the character creator, and I loved how much flexibility it gave you in that, and I loved the art style. You could also argue that how what Insomniac did with Sunset Overdrive. Also led them to be able to do, do Spidey, do Spidey, yeah. and then eventually get bought by Sony. So I do like it as a return, you know, because I also played I played Fuse, and I thought mm-hmm. that Fuse was going to kill that studio. So it was a happy return to form in a way. I just don't know if it's quite top. I, I would not, you know, I don't know if it's top ten, but I can understand I why people you, love it. Is there going to be an argument? I think there's also two other games that definitely we need to at least make an argument about. I feel like Alien Isolation is perhaps one of the best survival horror games that is in existence. Yes, like might be, um, might be one, might be the best. Like just the recreation of of the Nostromo alone, or not the Nostromo, but the you know it looks like the Nostromo. They did they did a great job of matching the. The style of everything. Like the- I mean, it has been a long time since I've been actively scared playing a game. And that game, when the oh, alien freaking shows up just out of nowhere sometimes, it's like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, you know, I, I it's, could, it's like I, piss your pants worthy sometimes yeah. the way that the, just, you could be I going could, around I, the corner. And- I could not imagine playing that game with a Kinect where any sound that you made would attract the alien. I would lose it. I don't know how many times I cussed <laughs> a ton while playing that game. I would I would have never beat the game with a connect hooked up. It's quite frustrating at times. It did feel it did feel unfair sometimes, but the unpredictability of it was also a huge asset. Mm-hmm. So even if sometimes it felt like the alien would just arbitrarily kill you, you know, getting through one of those sections was just an immense relief. I've uh, thought I've thought about like going back on the Switch and getting it, but it has a Switch tax, so I don't know if it can't go, go back. On a big sale. <laughs> that's that's one thing about Alien Isolation is like after I was done with it, firstly it's too long. Like I feel like it goes on like it's like thirty hours, and it's maybe like at least like ten of them could have been cut. I, like, agree I, I don't that. really like yeah. dealing with all the Android stuff. Um, but and when I when I was done, I said that's one of the best survival horror games I've ever played. I don't ever want to play it again. Like, once, one and done with that. Like, once is enough. I'm right there with you. But it was a very memorable experience. I mean, I still think about it. You know, now and then, it's just like, man, that was good. Uh, whoever put this Mario Brothers game down, it came out in 2012. 
Oh, good. Yeah. I want to cut it anyway. I mean, it's a yeah, it's it's say, Mario Brothers game. It does not hang with the rest of these. I agree. Yeah, that, that Wii U Mario Brothers game does not make me think it's fine. great things. But also, once we take that out, I feel like we got to make a case for Dragon Age Inquisition in some fashion. And I don't know what the hell you take off the list. Dragon Age Inquisition was a buggy piece of crap at launch. And I actively missed out on story stuff because the cutscenes would freeze, and the only way to progress was to skip them. Well, I didn't play it at launch, so I had a pretty good time. <laughs> it also is uh, hugely bloated, and at times, uh, like, again, if they made that, if that was a 20-hour game that was focused on but the core that was story, the whole point of that game, game, though, right? Like, that they made it open world, you can be there for hours uh, and hours and hours. The other, uh, the other games were like that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, they no. I just, like, to me, that is... Dragon Age Inquisition, to me, is the beginning of the end. You can already see, like, all the things that ended up plaguing Andromeda, you can see the beginnings of them in Dragon Age Inquisition. Nope. Now, it has it had great characters, and it had... It had there were a lot of, a lot of uh, story beats, and, like, I, I, there's some of the romance stuff I really liked, but uh, I think it is one of the weaker Dragon Age games. Well, um, it's the only one I could get into. So <laughs> no, the original Dragon Age is still the best, and I think two is underrated. Inquisition is severely overrated. Okay, but that's my thing: is what do we take off to even consider putting Dragon Age Inquisition on the? I'm not list? considering it. Dark Souls two. I put Divinity: Original Sin or Sunset Overdrive on the list over Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, you we just said Dark Souls two me. off. We're all set. <laughs> what? Said so you knock oh. Dark Souls two off. We're all set. No, Dark Souls two is not moving. I think three is a good spot for Dark Souls Two. I I can make a case to maybe move it down, but I don't know about off. Okay, well let's let's figure out the ten first. And I I just want to bring up one game that it's not going to make this list. It's nowhere close, but I just want to to pitch the case for put it on the influential reasons to do it for that podcast when we get to it. I I know there's probably a lot of hate for this game but it created this ridiculous series that has created a ridiculous amount of merch, and I think it needs to be on our influential list for that reason. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, no. I agree what? with you there. I agree with yeah. They made like Hot four of those in game. one year. Yeah, it's, it started in 14. And, they all, and they're <laughs> so, all the same damn game. I think they're, they're the actually, amount... They're, they're a lot different. I, I, I think the amount of unsold um, Five Nights at Freddy's merch out there Goes to show yeah. that that game did not have the cultural staying power. Like, I'm sure GameStop oh, wishes they could they, get rid of all the. They Five released Nights at two Five Nights at Freddy's games in 2014, and then two more in 2015. Yeah, yeah I mean, stop saying they. It's, it's one dude. <laughs> I mean, he has yes. help now, but but yes, th- there's a lot of unsold stuff because they went that... way over the top in getting that stuff. I I have an 11 year old, and his. Like I don't even let him play Five Nights at Freddy's, and that's all he talks about gaming wise is Pokemon and Five Nights at Freddy's. He knows that's that whole that. lore upside and downside, and has never played it. Aren't those games rated R or rated M? I should say, probably. But it, like yes, I said, he's never played it. But he, but all of yeah. his all of his friends at school talk about it. He knows everything about it. Yeah, and Stephanie loves them as well, you know, so and she's a lot so again, I'm not saying it's a great game. I've played a few of them. They're they're short, enjoyable jump scare machines, and that's fine. And I love watching like the lore videos on YouTube because it's really interesting, the little things that they've added to it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it needs to be in the top 10, 
but I just want to throw it out there. I'm the wrong person for that because I hate jump scares, not because they scare me, but because I think they're cheap. I hate them in horror movies and I hate them in horror games. And this game is like, it's like nothing but the most cheap and easy manipulative kind of horror. But but the lore that he hides behind the jump scares and in all the books that he's written. And it's, it's crazy to get into that thing. But again, Again, uh, just before we got into our top ten, I wanted to see if we get that added to the influential list. Because again, I, I added it in there. We'll, we'll have to uh, as far as other top ten games, like, I don't think Infamous Second Son would make it all the way up there. I know other people like, like the original two better. Second Son was my first one in that series, so I I like it a little bit more than than most people. Uh, yeah. And uh, Super Smash Brothers. We didn't even we talk knew, about I the second one when it was, was up in yeah. its year. I thought Second Son was very shiny and pretty to look at, but I did not enjoy playing it very much. Yeah, I, I will agree. I, the, the combat got a little samey, and that, but that's with a lot of those games, with Infinite and um, what am I thinking of the other one that's just like it now? Prototype. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, very samey kind of gameplay. I I enjoyed it, but I can understand it not making the top ten. I think Smash Brothers should fight for a top ten. Just yeah. I mean, it's- like like Sean says, it's it's I mean, very. I think the problem is we have too many games. Yeah, well, like... I I enjoyed Wolfen Wolfenstein: The New Order. I have no no problem taking it off the top ten though. No, Wolfenstein: The New Order absolutely paves the way for Doom later. Absolutely paves the way for the rest of that series coming back. I mean. I didn't really play. I mean, other than Halo and Gears, I didn't really play any shooters. I picked up that game and I played the whole damn thing. That and the story is so freaking good in that game too. Like BJ is such a badass, and like going back and killing Nazis and the way they do it, and it's just it's a fun game. Like I really enjoy that game, and you can go in, you can go in the stealth if you want. You can go in and gun. I mean, obviously you got to go kill the commander first, but you can go in guns blaze if you want. Uh, the the difficulty wasn't crap like the second game. So, yeah. you know... Here's here's my argument against Smash Brothers, is even when that game was released, Melee was still more popular and beloved. It wasn't okay. until the Switch Well, that's because it's the Wii U was generally crapped on. Yeah. And we gotta think about that. I mean... I mean, it's the same reason why Bayonetta 2 is so low, is because nobody but me played it. I, 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 played I it played it when it was on, after, you know, once yeah. on Switch. Like, okay. Well, yeah. at least we have yeah, there's a few that are need to get bumped up. Okay, I, I mean, if you want more than one of these games to get bumped up, I mean, cause I to, honestly, I think Alien Isolation has Alien to. Alien Isolation is a ten right now for sure. <sighs> is it really? Is it going over Sunset Overdrive and over Divinity? My problem with Divinity is like, uh, it's such a great game. I agree. It's just I I think original Sin Two does it better because it has character backstories. That's a one good thing about it. Like, Original Sin 1, you pretty much just blank slates at the start. That's true. I, I like the backstories in 2. I could be like, the, you know, the opera singer, the singer who's like, has a crazy person living inside and, of her. And it or, gave you kind of custom quest stuff. It was actually a lot like the first Dragon Age in this regard. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with, man, it's weird because I argued against Sunset Overdrive, but I do. No, I love Sunset Overdrive too. It's just... My I, problem I, I, with it is I just didn't like the combat flow in that game. Like, that's that's why I am, but I yeah. yeah. But there are things there are things to like about it that 
like the sense of style is good, but yeah, having to jump around on like you know awnings and grind rails like a jet grind radio game, it's like eh, all right. Okay, I mean that's yeah, probably fine. Yeah, I just I don't know because look at the rest of this list. I mean, got Bayonetta two, Shovel Knight is super a big deal and important. I mean, Wolf Among Us is. And, and one argument for Shovel Knight is the way that they supported that game post-release is amazing. Oh like that DLC, the free LC, it's I should free. say, because they didn't they didn't charge you for it, and it's fantastic. It's like be- almost better than the core game. It's five games in one, basically. It's an incredible. Not only is it like it's a great platformer, and it's also one of the first games to really successfully incorporate Dark Souls style mechanics, which be- you know became a thing. Now and you it's get, like, one of Hollow the big, it's the one that showed that Kickstarter is important. I Broken Age was really the first big Kickstarter success, but I think that Shovel Knight came out before Broken Age did, like they finished it beforehand, and it was really the first like super well reviewed one I can think of. Well, I meant like FTL. Oh, FTL was also yeah, but right. I that's, mean that's like FTV, FTL still FTL got a lot of praise, right? Critically, but I feel like Shovel Knight was like the big standard bearer for like several night got into people's hands that necessarily don't always play a bunch of games. You got ported everywhere. Heck, yeah, I think yeah. Shovel Knight Amiibo. Yeah, I mean, several night got an Amiibo for a Kickstarter game. I think it may be the only one. No, they had the Dark Souls Amiibo. <laughs> That's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is the Dark Souls Amiibo. Um, so, I mean, and then talk about like one of the best uh, licensed games ever in South Park Sick of Truth, which great. nobody thought it was going to be... Everybody probably... It's like, oh, it keeps, keeps getting delayed, keeps having problems. Uh, you know, THQ goes under, and then it gets picked up by Ubisoft, and and they have to delay it again, and, and then finally it comes out, and you're like, holy crap, I'm just like playing a South Park episode. Yep, and, and it's the first good. I mean, the first good South Park game, right? No, nope. yeah, well, yeah. You forget, you forget about uh, the South Park Kart Racer. Uh-huh. No, no. Uh, yeah, I know, and I think also this the game that comes after it doesn't. It's not as good as Sick of Truth. So. No, like, it was that that other South Park game was like, kind of bad. I thought. Oh, yeah. It's not Obsidian, so the writing. Took a, yeah. Well, not the writing, just the actual gameplay. I thought was worse. That too. I mean, to be fair, I guess the it, it was the um, oh, what are their names? I can't think of them. Parker and Stone. I mean, they 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 were behind the writing of both in a big way. But I still, you can, I feel like you can tell the Obsidian touches in in uh, Stick of Truth, and I like the combat system a lot better. Yeah, my problem was the, yeah, the fractured buttholes. Ubisoft made it, and it felt just not as refined from like an RPG perspective. Mm. And I said, well, this is an RPG, so what happened? <laughs> yeah, all the funny moments in that game. It's ridiculous. There's so many like ridiculous things in that game that you're like, I don't want to play this around anyone because somebody's going to look at this and go, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, uh, certainly don't play it around your kids, <laughs> you know. So Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely South Park. <laughs> Uh, you know what to expect from South Park at this point. Right. It's in like um, season 500 and whatever. Mario Kart 8 is an absolute, the probably perhaps the best Mario Kart 
ever. A delight. Uh, yeah, just and it's like all the things they add into that game just absolutely made it for the better. The different weight classes that you had now, uh, a lot of the tracks that they brought back, and a lot of the new ones were really good. I just. Um, it also was like one of the ones you you really wanted to use that Wii U gamepad to play it on your gamepad as well, and not just uh, on the TV. I think that's one of the games that I think really showed that off. Um, the plus, you could still use the Wii and the Wii Wheel and all that stuff too to play with play with other people, and just um, obviously the DLC came out like after, but they they added that into the looks and made that a thing and. Uh, the giving you like better item selection as the the first player, where you absolutely a lot of times you got just absolute shit, and you felt like oh, you yeah, actually could dominate. It, yeah, it's how they it's how they go out items from those games like always. <laughs> yeah, so no, but they made it better in Mario Kart Eight, so that's yeah, yeah, that was a plus, and yeah, I just absolutely love that game and. Obviously, the fact that when you talk about Switch games, it's still one of the highest selling, if not the highest, uh, selling, I don't know, Smash beat it eventually, but it was for like the longest time the highest selling Switch game because it's such a great freaking Mario Kart game. Um, you guys talked a little bit about Far Cry 4 before about how it sort of matches 3. I think it's the closest to match 2 and 3 as far as giving you that Far Cry feel. Yeah, it's the last great Far Cry game and the last Far Cry game I platinumed. So it definitely needs to be on this list. I don't know if it needs to be number two. It's weird. That's the last Far Cry game where you actually play a named character or like a character with a story. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they figured that, I guess, have a create a character was better. I don't know. Yeah, but it's all first person too. Who cares? I agree with you, uh, but yeah, I really don't know where Ubisoft got that idea because they they have named characters for the rest of their. Well, it's it's better than in Far Cry Five. It's called the Deputy. In Far Cry New Dawn, it's like you're the security chief. Mark, like, that is the least of Far Cry Five's problems. I don't know why you're so ones. hung up. I don't know why you're so hung up on the silent protagonist thing when there's a million things in Far Cry Five to complain about. Because it's a redu- it's a regression in qual- in the quality of the game. Yeah, but again, the <laughs> it's not it's not it's not something new they added that was bad. That that I can understand, like a lot of that crap in that game. It's they actively took a step back. That is why I'm hung up on it. Well, you could say that creating your own character is something they added, but regardless, we don't have to argue about Far Cry Five right now. It's not going to go on any of these lists. Yeah, uh, but I think you know, Far Cry Four was just a very polished version of Far Cry 3 with a good villain and in a cool environment and with really great shooting and really great uh, outposts. Alright, Dark Souls 2. Why is it... Uh, what makes it here at all. better than the first one? Okay, so it's not better than Dark Souls but it's different than the Dark Souls. They made a lot of little tweaks to the combat to get around the way that people were cheesing original Dark Souls. And they completely changed... Isn't that the whole point of the game, though? Well, I mean, I like cheesing those games, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can cheese Dark Souls 2 in different ways. So it just kind of became... All of the things they fixed, they kind of opened up other ways. So it it just... It was an interesting refinement slash change 
for Dark Souls in the combat system. And then there were a lot of other gameplay things that are that are slightly different. Like there is not really a contiguous world. It's more these kind of self-contained labyrinthine areas, which I actually really like. Uh, and I also they did stuff like, oh, you can if you farm an area enough, you can eventually empty it. Like once you kill an enemy 10 times, they will actually despawn, which I certainly did for a lot of them. Like I I put you know, like 160 hours into that game, maybe. And a big part of that was that, like, there are certain areas where just like, I'm going to play this area until everything in this area is dead. Uh, but of course, they give you, they didn't give you the ability to, like, respawn everything if you want to at a harder difficulty. So it just kind of introduced a lot of new systems to Dark Souls that I thought made Dark Souls better. But of course, it was, as a result, also a very divisive Dark Souls game where a lot of people who liked the first one didn't like this one nearly as much or had complaints about it. It, it became this thing where there is people who, you know, whose favorite Dark Souls is Dark Souls 2. And I count myself among them. It is my favorite Dark Souls game. But then there's other people who, who you know, strongly dislike it. I think the only strike against it to me is that they somewhat overpromised with things like the lighting system. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was in previews that ended up being stripped out because they couldn't make it work. The torches, yeah, like the torch, the torches stuff, and I don't think that would have really added much to this game anyway. I mean, it uh, it only seems like it's relevant in a couple of dungeons, or would have been relevant in a couple of dungeons. So um, I've never, you know, some of the backlash against that game, I, I'm not, uh, I can't relate to that. So I don't know, maybe it needs to be a little bit lower, but I like it at three. I, as I said, I to me personally, it's my favorite Dark Souls to play. Um, I will. The one, and you know, one reason why I talked in our 2019 game of the year about Code Vein, about one reason I really love Code Vein is because the dungeons remind me of the Dark Souls 2 dungeons. I will only accept this game on this on this list if Dark Souls 3 is on, on the future list. <laughs> well, see, I, I mean, I like Dark Souls 3, but Dark Souls 3, I mean, it's a really good Dark Souls, but it's not. Like it's more like Dark Souls One by way of Bloodborne, if that makes any sense. Oh, totally. Crystal yeah. clear. <laughs> they're all the same damn game. No, they're not. The well, Bloodborne, well, Bloodborne is, is also different. Bloodborne, is very different it Bloodborne yeah. you, you have a pistol instead of a shield. That's about it. Yeah, but that, well, that makes all about the more aggressive in Bloodborne than you do in Dark Souls. Yeah, to be fair, I mean Bloodborne is the best Souls game. So I agree too. I'm not counting it. When I say Dark Souls 2 is my favorite, it's my favorite. Right there, though. <laughs> Again, you're insane. Those games are all fantastic. Okay, hold on. I don't. I don't need to get into a jab, a <laughs> match about whether or not uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Obviously, the Nemesis system is the thing that it sticks out about that game when you think about it. It's the thing that everybody lauded when the game was fresh. I didn't. I thought it was, was kind of neat, but I just thought like, the actual gameplay was good. Like I, Most of the time, I just killed the guy, like, the nemesis, just kind of quickly and easily. Like it was, it was like a good Ubisoft game, but I really liked all the nemesis stuff. It just added so much personality and depth to it. And I really felt it. I really felt the rivalries with those enemy commanders, especially once they, you know, if they've killed you once or twice and they start leveling up and taunting you, uh, it's really great. So uh, that stuff worked for me really well. Actually, better than in the sequel. Like I didn't didn't think oh, Shadow of the, War. 
the sequel sucks. Shot at War was bad. They did nearly. But I mean, just the Nemesis. You'd think the Nemesis system would be better, but they did all sorts of things to screw with it well, and make plus it not the work. Well, the loot boxes well. and all that other crap. Yeah, well, that, that was a different. That's a layer of bullshit that that. The thing I like so about hard. Shadow Mordor is it really is just a big open world. Like later on, you mm-hmm. get that other continent, but that is a huge open area for the first landmass. And Shadow yeah. War, you had like five different types, like very small landmasses. Like, they weren't that they? small. It, in total, that game is huge still, but. Well, it, it felt like I was bumping up walls against every one of those, like, landmass. Like, especially that one castle one. I'm like, why is this place so limited? Or, you know, just so sectioned off? It surprises me that Shadow of Mordor hasn't been more influential in this regard, that more people haven't done it. Because that's what everybody thought was going to happen when that game came out. Of like, we're going to see the Nemesis system everywhere, and I really haven't seen it very much. It may not be something that's very easy to do, perhaps, no. or something. Maybe this is it's just a remark. I mean, I just think that game is a remarkable achievement in terms of in-game design. I mean, they came up with something that nobody had ever done before, and they pulled it off, and nobody has been able to replicate it or try to replicate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know how many times I played that game and cussed because I was in the middle of a really tough battle, and then a rival showed up in the, <laughs> in the middle of it. I'm like, not right now, weird orc, <laughs> the third. It's like, I don't want to mess with you right now. I'm over here messing with this giant guy. <laughs> the names for some of the friggin' things are so weird. Too. <laughs> uh, right, so. I will say, uh, I enjoyed the game. I, I, I'm still, I, I have no problem with it being one. I don't know, it's not my one. I mean, I, but I'm a huge Shovel Knight guy, but I already know this list is impossible. It, it's so diverse and different, and yeah, this I is almost know. like the 2019. Like a lot of these could be. Game of the year. A lot of these could be moved down depending on who you talk. You know what your opinion is. It's like, yeah, it's such a weird. This was the first year of the comp, the PS4 and Xbox One as well. So yeah, I don't see yeah. two games on this list that are similar. That's a plus, right? Um, uh, which well, it's a great for the year. It's just <laughs> for us now. If I were cutting anything, I would cut Wolf Among Us, but I know that that's not going to fly. No. Uh, we Wolf got our Among 10. Us I think we have our 10. Wolf Among Us is such a, like, for not being a super popular property, uh, the way it tells its story is is fantastic, and I love the, the main character following him around through that entire series, and, and the, like, twist, the way it does some of the twists is great, like, um, that whole world is interesting the way it's because it's like it's fresh it's not something that you're oh it's not like their interpretation of batman or their interpretation of game of thrones like this felt even though they didn't create it themselves it felt special you know like the way that they did their own walking dead kind of thing this was i feel like this is the last time that they're able to really surprise you with how they did their thing and this is the last one that, I mean, they tell us the Borderlands is a great, like, take on Borderlands characters or whatever. Um, and I'll vouch for that when we get to that year. But I feel like Wolf Among Us is that last time where I feel like, oh, this is that, that thing that makes me want to play a Telltale game. This is that thing that makes me want to play those episodes and keep going through and, and all that. And there's a reason why... People are still excited about Wolf Among Us 2, even though this is the second time they're redoing it. So, you know. 
I think the last one we haven't talked about yet is Bayonetta 2. And that one to me is just a case of lightning striking twice. Yeah, it's like Bayonetta, but improved in every yeah. way, pretty much. Yeah, bigger, better, but yeah, just as awesome a story, just just as visually impressive. And yeah, yeah. and on a, on the Nintendo system only, which hurt it because obviously not everybody owned the Wii U. So. Yeah. Well, there's so many Wii U. I mean, like I love Wonderful 101, and nobody played that. It's just, you know, there's. Look at all these games that they're now getting to put on Switch because nobody's played the Wii U. Yeah, but that yeah. I don't think that game would ever, and it, it can't because it like relies so much on the touchpad. Though I guess I guess you could you could do some of it on the on the Switch, but you'd have to significantly overhaul because you you really need the second screen. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. But yeah, lots of great games trapped in the Wii U, unfortunately. Still. One of my favorite bad games, too, Devil's Third, which I thought was quite amusing. Well, yeah, let's start figuring out this top ten, because we'll... What are we... Are we going to agree that Shadow of Mordor is number one? Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm okay yeah, with that. I, I, can't, I can't argue with it. I'm fine with it. Okay. Are we all going to agree that Far Cry 4 is number two? I feel it could move down. Yeah, but you just want Dark Souls 2 to move up. No, I would. I, I wouldn't mind Bayonetta two and number two, but that, well, that's uh, not gonna happen. That's, I don't think that's, that's gonna happen. Yes, okay. less likely gonna happen. <laughs> well, I just I mean, can move Bayonetta two perfect. up some, but I feel like either I almost feel like it's either like between Mario Kart and Far Cry or something. That'd be okay. I, I'd, I'd be okay with Mario Kart at number two. I'd say Far Cry because it's less half than Mario Kart, so they've iterated better. <laughs> It, it took him. It took him eight tries to get to Mario Kart Eight. Also, Mario Kart Sixty Four is still better. No. Oh, come on. What's that? I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge Shovel Knight guy, so I wanted to go up. I don't know if I would argue it with Far Cry and, and Mario Kart, but Shovel Knight is my game of the year. Um, as far as Far Cry or Mario Kart, Mario Kart was definitely more popular. I, I liked Far Cry Four more, but so it's tough. Far Cry 4 was a huge game when it came out. It's okay. I think let's just leave Far Cry where it is. That's okay. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. Let's leave, let's leave the top three as it is. Oh, you're putting Mario. Okay. Well, okay. Mario Are we Kart putting Mario Kart at three? Yeah, let's just put Mario Kart at three. All right. Leave Dark Souls where it is. Right. Um, I'm okay with Dark Souls at four if we can move Shovel Knight and Bayonetta 2 up a little. I'm in fame with that. I got. I love. St- I think Stick of Truth is a great like game, a great license game, uh, very a great RPG for its time. Like it's, uh, but I'm not the biggest like. Oh, it's you know. I think you need to. So to I, I don't know who has. I haven't played Wolf Among Us, but out of the people that have, which was better, South Park or Wolf Among Us? I'd say Wolf Among Us. I would also say Wolf Among Us. Okay, so we'll put that up above it. And I would put Wolfenstein above South Park as well because of... Yeah. I, would, I actually wouldn't stuff. say that. I, like, South Park is it's a good RPG, but it's very basic in, in terms of actual like gameplay mechanics. Like yeah. Once you unlock like bleed weapons, the game becomes a cakewalk because everything is susceptible to bleed. So even like bosses, you can like bleed at the bosses. And it's like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Wolfenstein above South Park. If you're saying it's okay. basic, that's an RPG. 
And then we just have Alien Isolation 10 still, or? Yeah. Yeah, that's number okay. 10 for sure. Yeah, Boom, we've got our that. list. Yeah. There you go. Are we going to, everybody fine with the way this looks right now? Yeah, I'll take it. Or you said boom. Okay. <laughs> Jens has spoken. Yes. Okay, so there it is. Middle of our hey. set of Mordor is the, what? Hey, you guys. Where is Assassin's Creed Unity? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I can't believe I had to have that game included in my purchase of a system. That's what bothered me. At least I got Black Flag for free with it, so whatever. Uh, Metal oh, Earth Mordor, to... yeah. number one. Far Cry 4, number two. Mario Kart 8, number three. Dark Souls 2, number four. Shovel Knight, number five. Bayonetta 2, number six. Wolf Among Us, number seven. Wolf of Sun, New Order, number eight. South Park, Sick of Truth, nine. And Alien Installation, number ten. And we had to cut some really good games, but that's what happens when you make these lists. So maybe some of them will live on when we talk about the historic reasons or influentials or whatever in that last podcast where we actually get to making the top 100. But all right, that's it for 2014. Whew. I don't know if it gets harder or easier when you get to the next year, but um, that's it. If you like what you heard, you can uh, get us in contact with us through email, network at gmail.com. You can listen to us on pretty much any you know, podcasting that's out there. If you like our heart radio or like Spotify or iTunes or podcast addict or whatever thing you use to listen to podcasts, uh, we should be there and you can hit subscribe so that, you know, you can keep getting more of these decade, you know, games of the decades or, you know, when we do our normal podcasts uh, that it's usually just Mark and I, but, you know, hey, if Jens wants to be on or Randy wants to be on, they can uh, certainly let us know. And we uh, normally talk about news and what's going on and the games we're reviewing or games we're playing or whatever. So always uh, have something out there for you. And, of course, we will continue on with 2015. So get ready for that in just a little bit. See you later, everybody.